This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. And uh, I am on the road uh, with some of our compadres on the staff. We're doing a, uh, we once a year for the last four years, we've done a, a staff retreat where we could uh, gather all the guys who are serving the ministry from around the country and bring them together in one location just for a uh, time of really just refreshing and uh you know, checking on each other's soul health. And uh, it's really, we've only been here a couple of days, but it's already been already been a blessing. And so uh, I grabbed some of these guys and I brought them in to, to do a podcast recording. I've got Rocky, our founders here with us. Welcome, Rocky. I've got Les Piercy, uh, who's from Bakersfield. You guys recognize that name. I've got Frank Khalil from Tulsa and I got Jay Thompson from Memphis. And uh, in a sense, these guys are kind of the old guard of uh, the guys who've been uh, serving and laboring in this ministry uh, the longest. Um, it's kind of interesting because uh, Les is 10 years younger than Rocky and I'm 10 years younger than Les and Frank and Jay are about 10 years younger than me. So we kind of got multiple generations represented here of uh, discipleship. And so, so anyway, um, welcome guys. I, I wanted to just, uh, get your guys, uh, pick your brains and, and hear their hearts and let people hear a little bit about your perspective of the ministry. And, and last night we had a, a time where I just asked the guys to introduce themselves and talk a little bit about their families and talk a little bit about why they're called to this ministry. And, and it was really a unique time and just got to hear a lot of interesting stories and hearts of these guys. And, and really it painted a picture to me of a little bit of the history of this ministry and, and what's been going on, what God has been doing through these guys like us and and just in all the different parts of the, the country. So Rocky, I guess I'll start with you. So what what's your impression of, as we gather here and we've done a lot of these things, but as far as what did, what's rising up within you about the state of the ministry and the, the past and the future? What's what's rising up? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is the quality of recording we have in the echo chamber. We, <laughs> <laughs> we can do it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 please recognize that this is not going to be a big deal here. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, yeah. you know, I, here's my impression. Uh, I, 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 I'm so impressed about the quality of leadership that God is raising up. And I think it's interesting to know that every one of our staff, except one, and that's our Costa Rican brother who was a pastor before he came on with us, but all of us come from the marketplace. And uh, and I think in a lot of ways, that's the new missionaries, missionaries from the marketplace to the marketplace, out of the marketplace. Because as you know, in, in Walmart country, we have a lot of people that travel internationally from from there, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of influence that can go around. Right, and so I think God is—he uh, has raised up this ministry with a unique quality of, of staff people and also our boards. Mm-hmm. And um, I was asked one time, you know, that I should, you know, write a book on leadership because of the quality of leaders that are raised in this ministry. And I said, well. The answer is not me. It's the it's the culture that raises the leaders. You got a culture that <clears throat> raises ruthless leaders because it's got it's a ruthless culture. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if you have a culture that our primary uh, objective, individual, 
is to abide in Christ, to walk with him, to love him, to be loved by him, and then to go make, make disciples, then that's the kind of guys that are raised up to be leaders in this ministry. So I was last night listening to all the stories and I was just so blessed. Mm. After 21 years to see what God has done and is doing and will do, <clears throat> That's my impression. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I should comment that uh, we are very unique in the sense that we don't recruit staff people. God raises up people that have a heart for this ministry. We call them champions. They start just doing the ministry because they love it. And, and they're a volunteer army. And then uh, at some point, sometimes God calls guys to go all in and put all their chips on the table and come and come on staff. And so uh, all these guys here around me have... Uh, been called into this. Yeah, you're, you're examples of that, and, uh, but you're right. You know, God recruited you, mm -hmm. and I purposely don't because I want to make sure that you're responding to the call of God and not the beckoning of man. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Les is on my left here, and uh, Les, you were coming into the ministry around the same time I was, but we didn't know each other. It was happening because you were connected to Pete McKenzie in California, and so tell a little bit about that your calling into this ministry and what, where, how you see it right now. Uh, I think it's incredible. Um, my calling, first of all, came uh, back in 2013 uh, at a retreat in Malibu where we all would go as leaders. And this is where uh, Rocky and I and Frank and, and uh, you, Brian, and just the fact that we got to be with each other and we went out on a th what I call a three-hour tour. It's not Gilligan. It's just a regular three-hour tour uh, to pray. And that's where God tapped me on the shoulder and said, what if I had you all the time? I thought, God, you had me all the time. No, no, no. What if you didn't have to pay any attention to what you currently spend time doing in the workforce? What could I do if I had you all the time? And... I didn't know what he could do, but I sure would trust him to do it. And that's where I said, yes. And I came to Rocky and said, you know, I feel God calling me into ministry. I don't know where. And Rocky looked at me and I'm thinking, I'm ready to move wherever he wants me to go. What is this gonna be? And he just said, stay right there in Bakersfield and do it. So that, that was my calling. Um, never had that before. And I share that calling and we never forget it for each one of us that are here. Even the guys sitting in the other room, the younger guys, they were called and they'll never forget the day God grabbed a hold of them. Mm -hmm. But I would tell you, my excitement, we talked today about fruit and Frank gave us a great illustration. And, and all I could see today when we talked about fruit was the generations that we have here. And that you mentioned that we're 10 years apart, but the guys in the other room are 20 and 30 and 40 years apart from us. And so I looked at fruit from your aspect rocky when i sat across the room and watched you all i could see was we were those grapes mm -hmm. and that rocky's faithfulness Im impacted me and my faithfulness impacts the guys that gave their story today and that passing of the baton was such a sweet thing to look at mm -hmm. it, it made me feel that wow god uh there might have been a time that you needed me, but today is a time that these young guys, you're in need of them for what they're going to do because it's far bigger and far greater than what we do. And so I, 
that's all I could see was just future kingdom impact. Yeah. Yeah. I think Frank said it. There's a young guy, Josh Shirley, who works with you. And Frank said, we'll be long gone. Josh will still be out there fighting the fight, hopefully, for, for this ministry, you know, so years down the road. So, Frank, I'll go to you next. You were, uh, uh, it started in Tulsa in 2006, and I was privileged to be part of that. And then Frank was part of the reproduction in year two. And, and then, and Frank, just like Les, started serving the ministry many, much before he ever went on staff. But uh, so you were already a leader within the ministry before you got mm-hmm. the calling. But what do you think as you reflect on your calling and where we are today? Well, you know, I, I, I always think back to what I call the original days of, you know, uh, the vision and heart and passion that the Lord placed upon Rocky, um, that this was has never been and never will be about a ministry that's about a man. Um, I think that is so critical and it's such a beautiful picture of what we're continuing to see 21 years later. That's right. It is not focused on the reproduction or production Mm -hmm. of what man can do, but what God can do through man who died to self, pick up the cross and follow him. So I think of just my unique calling. I mean, to me, is it's unique to every one of us. But to think, I mean, I say it all the time. Man, uh, a life of ministry was nowhere in sight part of Frank's agenda. No way. There was only one way it could happen. And that was God intervening in such a real powerful way that only he can does. And, and only, only he does. And I see it through the scriptures. Um, when he calls you and you are learning and you're walking with him, then there's only really one option. You answer the call. Mm-hmm. I think that's all of us here. We answer the call. I mean, like Les said, well, God said to him, well, what would it look like if I had all of you all the time? You know, I mean, I thought I had an incredible calling being a policeman. I poured into people. I had their undivided attention while they're in handcuffs. <laughs> Tell them about Jesus. Is that not enough? And God's like, mm, I have something more. So um, to see what God has done in the last, at least for me, my involvement, you know, really the last 17 years, it's been amazing. And then truly to see these young guys come on and share the same kind yeah. of heart and passion as all of us are sharing that we did many years ago. That's what they're sharing. That is just, that is the organic reproduction of what Jesus describes as a disciple mm-hmm. and what a disciple does, right? It takes a disciple to make a disciple. And that's what we get to see happen. And that is what God is doing. So I'm just so humbled to be a part of it. And um, I know God's got much work ahead for us um, as he continues to call his men to rise up and be the leaders that we're called to be according to his word. Yeah, that's good. And Jay, you, uh, Jay's from Memphis and uh, Jay wasn't the original champion. It was a guy named Howard Jones, but then it wasn't long after that, that a few years later that you got pulled into this thing. Everyone you knew was getting involved in it. You're like, what is this thing? Right. And uh, to piggyback what Frank said, just see the organic piece of these younger guys. And, and it's, uh, the same theme, but different story of how they experienced getting to where they are. Um, and the the question you asked last night, I reflected back on the calling from the time I was in high school and feeling led to ministry, but not knowing what ministry was. And less what you commented on when you walked into the ministry phase of it, 
you had always assumed I'm doing ministry. And I said, yeah, that's what Les just said. Um, and as I was thinking this morning, you mentioned Howard. Howard loved me so well when I went through the journey the first time. Um, I'd seen a mentor and a good friend the year before go through it and saw the transformation. And uh, Howard took me to breakfast at Blue Plate Cafe. And he looked me in the eye and he said, son, he says, there's something, God's doing something in your heart. I see the transformation. He says, but will you do this for me? He says, will you finish your process and let's have a conversation about next steps after you go through this thing completely. And so he gently guided me um, because, man, I was, my head was spinning. Like, how do I tell this guy and how do we do this? And, and he called me and uh, he helped me answer the call unbeknownst to me at the time. And so um, to have a duplication group of a man who guided a group, 2010, 11, 12, 13, with no duplication and his faithfulness. And then to see the organic piece of this ministry be duplicated in men and women in Memphis. And then to put for you and uh, Rocky came over, Brian, mm -hmm. and uh, it was cold outside. I believe it was the first part of 16. And you said, hey, we're seeing some things in Memphis that we're seeing in other regions. Put a board together. Do, just pray and, and see where God leads it. We put a board together and at the end of 17, the board looked at me and said, hey, you need to take this thing and, and go. And um, they nurtured and protected me well, you know, during that time. And so just to see um, the organic piece of it, it's Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I, I wish we were smart enough men and we could strategize enough for this thing to say, yeah, we put this pen to paper and look at how this plan worked out. My goodness, we, we abide in the Holy Spirit leads us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the draw of this ministry. It's organic, it's transparency. Um, and it's the honor and glory to him for anything. It's not an individual. You, you can't point to a guy and say it's because of this guy. It's because God threw that guy. Mm. Um, Dan Medley, and I, he summed it up great. He says, God knocks it out of the park, but he lets me touch the bases. Mm. And I thought that was a great description of how this ministry operates, mm. you know, to honor and glorify him. Well, and... and uh to piggyback on that part, uh, when I was I was looking for a discipleship process when I met Rocky, and I but before I met Rocky, I met another man who had a discipleship ministry, but it was he was a big name and a big character, big and, and it was more about him presenting and doing all this stuff, and then you maybe go through a workbook or something. But it was really if you took the guy out of it, you didn't have much of a ministry. And when I met Rocky, I I was just struck by the fact that I could tell it wasn't about him. He was very passionate, very humble uh, and just, but he just you know, if, if he got hit by a bus, this thing could keep on going. It was not about Rocky. And so I still, still think it's that way today. And uh, I, I wanted to think about that because it's 21 years and Rocky, you and I've talked about, you've seen a lot of ministries and there's sometimes there's what they call ministry drift um, mm -hmm. where they lose their purpose somewhere along the way, or they get too big for their britches. You know, they start getting really big and big budgets and then they, they lose their heart. Um, or sometimes they just lose focus and they go from being a movement to a memory, you know? And, uh, and I, I don't think that, I think we're still strong in that 21 years later. And I, and I pray, I guess I want to talk to you guys about you guys are the frontline guys and get your input to Rocky on how do we guard against that? How do we guard against becoming a memory with this ministry? Well, they're non-negotiables and negotiables. Uh -huh. uh, our DNAs are non-negotiable the way we carry it out, that's going to flex, you know, as you, different generations and different regions and different cultures and different languages. you got to flex that, but you got to keep the heart. Yeah. 
And the heart has got to be nurtured and protected by the leaders. Mm -hmm. The leaders not only are our staff, but our boards, our global board, our regional boards. They, if they will, if they will hold true to what God has given us, then this ministry will keep His anointing. And if it keeps His anointing, it's going to continue to bear fruit, and mm -hmm. it'll continue to what, like what we're seeing in a larger way because of what Jesus says is bear fruit and then bear more fruit and bear more fruit. And I think that that's, that's the primary thing. And of course, everybody tells me that uh, second and third generations get, get away from the founder, start losing, you know, what he valued. Mm -hmm. And so the last 21 years, I've been really trying to help you guys understand that it's not just about what I value, it's what Jesus that is the way he has organized the church and the church is oftentimes forgotten about. Now I have seen many ministries get successful and fall away from their DNA. That's why uh, Jesus sent the message that to one of the churches in, in Revelations. He says, I have this against you. You have forgotten your first love. Hmm. And what's the first love? His love for us. Hmm. And he's saying, go back to the original DNA yeah. And so if we understand that and if we are able to perpetuate that by successor leaders that understand it, who understand it and, and pass it along, then I think that God can grow this ministry and it will continue to be His mm. and be fruitful. What's your perspective, Les, that you're raising up younger guys and successor leadership and all that? So you're probably thinking about these things. You know, God has had this in mind for years, long before I even came on board, the fact that I would come on under Rocky and Pete, and then the men that would come along at the very time that I'm stepping down, that he would bring these young guys. And what I love the most is when we come here, we usually do what we call reviews of our guys. And so we just spend an hour and a half with one of our guys just going over his progress. Uh, and the, the best thing I can say about them is, what, what are we measuring here? And really what we're measuring is his time with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when you measure his time with Jesus, uh, my, my staff guys have an A plus in those areas. Mm -hmm. And so if they're spending time with Jesus, I'm 100% comfortable with where this ministry is going to go. Yeah. And there's no other thing that I really even need to measure. Mm -hmm. Okay. We can talk about him, but man, if he is plugged in, abiding, and has a vertical relationship with the Heavenly Father, uh, we're going to watch lives change. And I'm seeing that where we live. Mm. It reminds me of Frank's nugget this morning talking about what does it mean to bear much fruit as, Je as Jesus talks about in John 15. And it's not about numbers. It's not about, you know, big events. It's, it's, it's about hard and about working with Jesus. Yeah. So Frank, what's your perspective on this? You know, there, there are two, two key characteristics that comes to mind often for me as I think of, um, what that looks like. And, and I, I believe we're seeing that with the younger generations and our leaders across the country. And that is, uh, and, and Jesus taught it and he speaks of it and it comes from who he was and he still is, not just was, but still is, that a disciple is two things. He is humble and he's teachable. Mm -hmm. And when I think of the generations to come, I mean, I look at these younger guys and it's pretty evident. You can see humility in them and you can see that they're teachable. And I think as long as we keep the main thing, the main thing is what Les said, 
Jesus at the center, and they're humble and teachable. Um, to me, it's almost safe proof from being, becoming and being drifted from the heart of who we are. Um, again, we don't, we don't strategize and plan and do all these things that make us look like or function as a corporation. We are an organism. We're, 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 we're doing everything we're doing and growing and moving and impacting by the power of the Holy Spirit, how he moves in the lives of each man, specifically the leaders. So as long as they walk with Jesus, then we can rest secure and know from Rocky, the founder, all the way down that God's anointing will continue to be upon this ministry. Uh, the minute we begin to make it about what we want as men and how, if we want to, you know, um, be uh, uh, showy or let people see us or be, then we begin to lose that anointing. So again, we, we can see it through the generations and through all the years that God's anointing in his hand is upon us because we are, I truly believe that, we're humble and teachable men. You know, we come together and we all share and what do we do? We learn from each other. Yeah. And we're at a completely different ages, like you said, 10 years apart and it continues that way. We still, we humble ourselves and we learn from each other. That's a humble and a teachable heart and that's a, two incredible, beautiful qualities of who Christ was. And it's to me a non-negotiable as a disciple to be humble and teachable. You know, Brian, if I may, uh -huh. just a second. Uh, again, 21 years back, looking back, the things that we understand now as truth and as reality, and it's it's a, a rock solid foundation that the ministry is built on. <clears throat> we didn't have that back in the early days. In fact, we had successful businessmen and good men, good hearts, but they thought like a lot of people, a lot of churches, that you need successful businessmen, know how to plan, know how to fundraise, know how to organize, know how to do this, that, and the other. And they said, you can't do it the way you do it. And you know, I didn't believe that because I believe that Jesus said, if you buy you wear fruit, I, that's not on the go. I had church growth people tell me, you can't do this, it don't work that way. I had fundraisers tell me, we well, can't do this, you got fundraisers. I had uh, other ministries say, hey, you only you just got a single item here, you know, you don't you need to expand your everything you offer, and you need to really, you know, market big time, you need to sell big time. So everybody that thinks they have it figured out, they don't really seem to have it figured out. And, and the reason why it didn't wash with what I saw in scriptures that told us how to, how to make disciples, and that's to teach them how to buy it. And then to be proactive in doing that and dependent on Him and the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's always dependent on the Holy Spirit. That's why we pray a lot. We're on our knees on there before we ever planned we were praying and asked god to give us the vision then give us the steps that's contrary to the ways of the world but you know it's i think it's right right down the center with the way jesus would lead a ministry to go well and i like what you said to me one time you said you know you need organization i mean that because we are there's a lot of moving parts we need structure and organization like any any organization um, but the organization comes underneath the organism. Mm -hmm. It undergirds the organism instead of 
what typical thing is you put it over it. Yeah. You know, it's going to drive it. The organization will drive the organism. No, it's it's the, the abiding support and, and su- just supporting it. Yeah. So especially as we get bigger, mm-hmm. more and more and more of that's going to be needed. And we've already seen that. So, Jay, do you have any thoughts on this topic? Yeah, to piggyback, Frank mentioned um, the humility piece and to hear um, Josh share this morning about being for Jesus or with Jesus. And one of the things that I love about being our time together, just so everybody knows, is the way the Holy Spirit will use this time a week from now three weeks from now, two months from now, of what was shared and it would give us an opportunity to, to share with other men. Um, and that's one thing about abiding in Christ, that, that slight paradigm shift. Um, you can do things for Jesus all day. When you do things with Jesus, the fruit that lasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what separates, um, you know, when Jesus said, either be hot or cold, if you're lukewarm, ah. And once you taste the abiding relationship, I believe your hand is forced at that point. Either you're hot or you're cold. You can't live in lukewarm. And I've seen men make that decision to go cold and it breaks your heart. But you see those men who abide and you see the fruit and it's just a beautiful picture of uh, God's provision and what we get to see on a daily basis in this ministry. And so um, just this morning learning from a guy who hadn't been on, I mean, how long has he been rolling? A few months or August. August. And here I am like, man, but you just, you see Holy Spirit, you see Christ in it. So. Flesh, you got something? Yeah. Um, if you're out there listening to this, we need more of you. Because as we sit here, you, you heard we're 10 years apart. Rocky can't walk. I can't hear. And Brian <laughs> is losing his hair. So if you're out there, we need more of you young guys. Amen. <laughs> well, we were, we, we were praying about this podcast and we were thinking there could be somebody listening right now who's a future staff mm-hmm. person out there. Champion. Who's a champion right. who's, who's passionate about this. So, hey, this is open to all people. It's open to all, all men and women who want to go deeper with Christ, you know, this, this ministry. So... I was also thinking that this is the week that the, the movie, The Jesus Revolution is coming out, which talks about a time when the, the the world seemed out of whack. The hippies were looking for free love and drugs and all that. And um, and they it came to be found that they were looking for Jesus, but just in the wrong places. And, and I look at today's culture, the young people now are a little bit lost and confused about all different kinds of things. And the world is kind of dark. So... So it, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like there's a lot of opportunities ahead as the as the days get darker and all that opportunities for this, what we have to offer. What do you guys think? Anyone got a thought on that? Yeah, I'll speak. Um, you know, you're hearing a lot about Asbury over the last 10 days. Well, those of us that are in California and Tulsa, we see revival going on like crazy <laughs> where we live. And yet that's getting news and they can have all the news they want, but we're seeing it. And Amen. it's beautiful. That's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Any other thoughts about that, about this next generation? Well, we've been praying for over in Lincoln. I mean, that's been one of the heartbeats of our ministry. And then how to help churches make disciples and, you know, to go with all places and help them make disciples. That's what this ministry does. It's, it's not about us doing it. It's about helping other people learn how to do it. Well, yeah, and even, you know, in light of what's happening in Asbury, somebody sent me an email and they said, Let, they said let's pray that those people can get plugged into discipleship. The people that are touched by this move of God, whatever it was happening right there, that you know, over time, what happened there might fade away, but but they need to go and learn who this God is they just met at, the, at Asbury in a more intimate way. And so, there's a so that. What do you think the so that is? So that they can make disciples. Yeah, so they can go make disciples. That's right. That's right. 
All right. Well, just a couple minutes left. Any, any other thoughts about this week or uh, this, what you guys are seeing in the ministry? Well, I think this is a great opportunity, as Les just said. Um, you know, the podcast world has become huge, right? It's part of social media and everybody listens to it. So if you're that person who maybe the first time or the, this is your five thousandth time that you've listened to a podcast, maybe this is the podcast God has had for you to hear. Maybe you're that person that's been on the fence, going, I know there's a calling in my life. I'm dying inside to go and be part of something that God created, that is from his word, that is living truth. Um, If that is you, wait no more. (laughs) This is a tool, it's a powerful tool, but it is a movement and it is an awakening that is happening across the nation and around the world. (laughs) And I don't know, you may be in Africa, You may be in Brazil, you may be all through South and Central America, and you hear such a podcast and you go, this is for me. And for that, if that's you, I'm going to say today's the day. Today's the day for you. So, Frank, you said something earlier that I loved. This is a life or death situation here. We're dealing with either life in Christ or, or death eternal. And so the importance and the urgency is now that there are few workers. We need more. That's right. That's the harvest right. is plentiful. That's right. Yeah, somebody was talking about uh, the movie Schindler's List and that they had seen it for the first time. And I was I was thinking about that scene at the very end when the war is over and he's, he's helped a lot of, save a lot of Jews. And instead of being happy, he's crying because he's, he's thinking of, if he would have sold his watch, he could have made that could have been two more people, or if he could have done a little bit more. And I don't think any of us want to get to the end of our life and look at Jesus and, and think of all the things we could have done, you know. So now's the time. Now's so, the time. all right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, our time is up. I just want, I love chance that we're all together and and want them to make sure they get to hear your hearts and thoughts and all that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Anyway, if you if you want to know more about the ministry, go to influencers.org. If you're just kind of stumbling upon this podcast, and if you don't have an intimate abiding relationship with Christ, we we want to help you with that, and the journey can help you with that. So, Brian, yes, sir. Let me ask Les to sing us out with a bite. Abide with me, don't let go. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> Walk with me. This is the four tenors, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, anyway, this is, <laughs> we got to end quickly. This has been the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. me.